Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Everybody, oh my God, new dates on sale. This is just craziness. The newest dates. December 6th and December 7th, I'm in Richmond, Virginia, and Durham, North Carolina. I am doing a comedy show with a touch of Christmas. Everything right now is on sale. JenKirkman.com, J-E-N-K-I-R-K-M-A-N.com. And on the homepage is where you can click into all the links. So there's that. Now, let's begin. July 26th, Hollywood Improv. I need to sell this show out. That is 300 tickets. I need you to get them soon. I am taping it. If you want me to have another comedy special on any network, you will come to this show and be loud and boisterous and applausive in the audience. (laughs) July 26th at the Hollywood Improv. You can also make a dinner reservation with that show. August 10th, Minneapolis. August 15th, Nashville. August 16th, Birmingham, Alabama. August 17th, Athens, Georgia. August 21st, San Antonio. August 22nd, Houston. And August 25th, Austin. Now, those August dates, if you buy tickets in advance and send proof of purchase to that's right, I seem fun at gmail.com, then you will get a free download card of my comedy album at the show. So buy those tickets in advance. Now, we have got Brooklyn on 9-11 and Boston on September 13th. Sales for those have dropped off. I need to give them a big, big boost. We've got a lot of tickets to sell, and I want those shows to be crazy, crazy full. i got a lot of important people coming to see me in Brooklyn, so I need that sold out. we got about 200 seats left to go on that one. And then I'm going to be at the Cabo Festival in Del Mar, which is San Diego, on Sunday, uh... September 15th. More details coming on that soon. Toronto, I will be at the Just for Laughs 42 Festival. I am doing three stand-up shows. A fourth might be added. A third was added due to popular demand and a taping of Having Funlessness. All the details are on JenKirkman.com. And London just went on sale. Six shows, September 30th to October 5th. And then Manchester, October 6th. Amsterdam, October 8th. Oslo, Norway, October 13th. Again, and then I just added those December dates in Richmond and Durham. Everything on JenKirkman.com. You will not hear anything you've heard on the podcast. You will not see anything you've seen on Netflix. This is all new stuff. I respect that you are getting a babysitter, paying your money, doing your thing, and I want to give you a good show that you haven't already seen. And there are book sellings and signings after every show. Some, not the ones in Europe, probably. But anyway, come on down and uh, get tickets. And could I go on about this any longer? For fuck's sake, start the show. We're live. Oh my God. Having Funlessness with Jen Kirkman, episode 292. This is coming out at you 
well, right before July 4th. This, I'm calling this episode holiday. My brain's on holiday and I have to work all through the week. And you get what you get today. This, so if any, <laughs> if no one's listened to this podcast before, I am planning on making like a little intro reel, whatever. But here's the deal. If you're new, I'm a stand-up comedian. I am very funny on stage. This is not where I go to be funny. I can be funny. I can be serious. I can be ranty. I can be crying. I can be whatever. It's To me, podcasts are conversations. So this is a conversation. And just like life, you never know what you're going to get. But uh, listen, folks, oh, this is a mishmash. This episode, I normally have a list. I go, here's what we're going to talk about. Not this time. This is stream of consciousness, holiday style. I can't even get into I can't get into it. So last week, I recorded a live episode of Having Fun Listeners here at the Hollywood Improv Lab. Most of my listenership is in Los Angeles by the thousands. And that room only seats 50 people. It's a small little place. Five of y'all's were podcast listeners. The other 45. This is what, listen, I, 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 the universe is throwing boomerangs, wrenches. No, because I, I don't know. I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you I'm utterly confused. I'm utterly confused. So I do this show once a month, the Hollywood Improv Lab, where I work out new material. And it, it always sells out right away. And then it started like drib and drabbing, not like selling that well. And then people would all show up the night of. And I thought, you know what? There were so many podcast listeners that would make themselves known in the audience. And I thought, why don't I just turn my once a month show into a podcast taping? And it'll be really great. And it'll help get the word out about my po- Well, That sells out. Not sells out, but all the tickets sell within a day. I'm like, well, this is obviously in demand. I get there, I ask the audience, how many of you don't even know I have a podcast or that this is a podcast taping? 90%. Woo! The applause, I have to, I had to sound an air horn to stop the applause. I go, did you not see it on the website? Because the only way to buy tickets is to go on the website. And the website says this, it has the logo of the podcast, this is a podcast taping, here's what to expect. They, They didn't care. Now, you go, Jen, the positive is that you're so well liked that they come to see you and they know you're a stand up and it turns that it's a podcast taping, God bless, it, it went great. But here's the thing. When it's not actual people that listen to my podcast there, I mean, I have friends who do podcasts. It's I, I only have friends who do podcasts. In fact, I will not be friends with you if you don't have a podcast. But I've been to and I've been part of hundreds of podcast tapings that are live. I've done my own. And mostly when I do them, it's only fans. And um And it's not like, oh, the baby doesn't want to take a risk in front of people. It's just we have our own language, our own community, and I don't want to alienate the audience members that don't already listen. If there was a few, that's totally fine, but it was mostly not. So I sort of did a different kind of episode, and I didn't like it. And then there was a big drama. I asked people what they want me to talk about. Somebody yelled out Louis C.K., and she's one of my biggest fans, and I know her. She just doesn't know my podcast, and she didn't know that I was involved in that scandal, but... I ended up talking about it a little bit. And then I'm like, no, I don't want to put this out there. And then someone yelled out Taylor Swift. And I gave my opinion, which is I'm a middle-aged woman who used to be punk. And I don't listen to pop music. And then he wrote me a direct message that was like, you broke my heart. Why don't you stop talking about things you know nothing about? Like, angry, angry man. So what I wanted to do was called the live episode that never was or something like that. And I was going to talk about what happened at the show and then play some of the clips. So like I'll play the Taylor Swift clip. I will play this one story I told. And I think I will do that, but I haven't received the episode back. So that's going to be in the coming weeks. But it was a fucking disaster. I'm not doing another live taping. I The universe has spoken. It's not meant to be. Um, y'all didn't come out and some bunch of People that didn't know it was a podcast taping came out instead. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, and then my biggest fans got angry at me and sent me angry letters after. So there there you go. I mean, is that not having funlessness? I mean, that is what it is. Is that like everyone is, it's getting to the point where everyone, including myself, is so sensitive. I'm like, why? I should stop doing this. I'm not going to, but that's just, you know. So let's revisit. Oh, remind me, I have to give you guys my tour dates. Let's revisit something we talked about a couple weeks ago on my episode called Sitcoms, where I talked about, uh, oh, and then I a woman asked for advice about her boyfriend that said she's getting too muscular, 
and I read that question to the audience and I gave advice and a bunch of men in the audience gave advice and it's really fantastic, but that's going to come next week. So anywho, on the episode called Sitcoms, I was joking around and saying that sitcom theme songs used to be not only so inspirational, but but just so, um, well, they provoked emotion, and, th- and then there actually were sitcom theme songs. So I was thinking about the Welcome Back, Cotter theme song, which, if you don't know, was a TV show starring comedian Gabe Kaplan from the 70s. And unlike most TV shows starring a comedian like your Seinfeld, Tim Allen, Tool Time, Roseanne, Mad About You, Paul Reiser, most of them remain a big vehicle for said stand-up. Welcome Back, Cotter was one of those shows where <laughs> the comedian got completely upstaged by his, like, four hot students, you know? Um, one of them played by John Travolta. Like, they were so funny. And so Welcome Back, Cotter is one of my favorite shows. And actually, prob- probably more sexist than it is anything else like but it's very intersectional and it, and it was one of those 70s shows that um you know it, it was like our classic we're we're broken brooklyn 70s shows like we're in the projects and this is our teacher our special ed teacher anyway great show but the theme song is incredible and i believe the theme song i don't think it was i think he wrote it for the show but it became a radio hit and it's called welcome back so i started listening to it and I was getting all emotional. Um, Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket so that's Mr. Cotter. He's coming back to work in the high school he went to. Oh, the names have all changed since you hung around. So he was a sweat hog. That's what they called the dumb kids. Who'd have thought we need you? So now he teaches the new brand of sweat hawks. Woo! Yeah, we tease him a lot, but we've got him on the spot. Welcome back. You know, and he's got the same old principal that hated him, and it's a great show. But it's really, like, poignant. Wait. Anyway, this song goes on and on. There's harmonica at the end. And I decided... I'm going to read the because if you go to YouTube you you can just hear the theme song and there's there's just a picture of the cast. So I thought did people comment on this? Does anyone else feel how I feel? There's 1700 comments. And in what is only could be described as a YouTube miracle, none of them are negative. People are longing for inspirational theme songs. I'm going to read you some of the comments. People are hurting out there, folks. We, we have these democratic debates. We don't need another leader. I mean, we do. But we need theme songs. Stop skimping on theme songs, television shows. Dee Dee says, one of the best theme songs ever written. And then she got a bunch of replies. And none of them were like, you fat bitch. They were really nice. Like, national anthem. Someone else. This song existed before the show. Okay, good to know. It was chosen for the show, so technically not written as a theme song. That's okay. That's okay. Um, and then somebody said, no, Mike, it was written specifically for the show. I think it was. I think it was written for the show and then became a hit. But again, people aren't arguing like, you dumb fuck. Somebody said, having to choke back tears, longing for those days again. Someone else wrote, you and me both, with a crying face. Then a bunch of people just writing, me too, me too. Then somebody else write, that time goes by is the thing that sucks most in life. (laughs) This is a YouTube comment on a theme song from a sitcom. Uh, Well, then, oh, there is one negative. Maybe you're just a bunch of pathetic old fuddy-duddies who can't let go of the past. That's not a young person. No young person's like, let me pull out the word fuddy-duddy. So this guy writes back, but he writes back, he keeps it classy. He says, I get what you mean, but you're probably a youngster, aren't you? I think this comment was meant for those of us who came up with the series. It's nostalgic for us, just as good things in your world now will be nostalgic for you when you're older. I think bad things that happen to us in our past are things to be let go of, but the good to be cherished. 
You will find that out as time goes by. By the way, I probably am an old fuddy-duddy. Glad to be. Who has such discourse like that on YouTube? Then somebody wrote, I had that song sung to me a lot as a child. Somebody wrote, yeah, I'd do anything to drop the 2000s and go back to 1976 to 1984. That got 40 replies. Me too. Me too. This song sort of feels like home, doesn't it? I would literally do anything to go back to the 70s. My biggest regret in life is being born in 1998. Oh, well, that's just a nostalgic young person. They don't know. Um, then, well, Guy points out, you realize if you were born in the 60s, you would have almost no rights. And she says, I said 1962, not 1862. You do realize by the 70s, I'd only be a kid or a teenager. I could have done anything I wanted as a kid. And by then, what career would I have? Well, she probably doesn't know that women couldn't have credit cards in their name unless they were married, even in the 70s. So she wouldn't have had that right. Uh, someone said, oh, the good old nostalgic days. This other guy goes, I closed my eyes for a moment and I picture my dad. Rest in peace. What? Someone said, this was when television was full of good human reality, comedy and fun, not full of violence, gore, and hatred. Well, I don't know if that's true either, but. This guy, I have to agree, today's so-called TV shows aren't nothing but a bunch of stupidity, and they act so foolish, not worth watching. Well, the... The catchphrase from Welcome Back, Cotter was up your nose with a rubber hose. I mean, I don't think it was like, that was high art. Then someone wrote, the, dark, the more humans evolve, the darker humanity gets. Whoa. Oh, here, I shouldn't have said all the comments were positive. Then someone said, as well as today's never-ending homosexual agenda. Oh, God. And then someone wrote, oh, wow, I didn't expect to find an actual cartoon character in the comments. How's life with your never-ending conservative victim complex? Then this guy wrote, did I strike a sensitive homosexual chord? Don't take it personal, prancy boy. What? All right, I didn't go deep enough in these comments. Also, it, the correct expression is don't take it personally. When people say I took it personal, I literally just go dumb person. I, I label that, you know, when you meditate and you have people always go, I can't meditate. I'm not, I can't stop my thoughts. Only a corpse can stop their thoughts, and the, the thoughts are stopped for you because you're a corpse. The point of meditating is to sit there and let your thoughts flood you and not grab onto any of them and start going down the rabbit hole of like, oh, this is my laundry list for today or, or my grocery list for today. Oh, I should think about that resentment I have at my brother. It's you just let the thoughts come in and you just keep pushing them away. That act of doing that Meditation is a very active act for the mind, and I don't think people understand this, and you feel differently after, and so that in real life, when you're going around in your brain, it's bringing the subconscious to the forefront, and you might even notice, oh my God, I say horrible things to myself. My brain is just a constant stream of worrying. It sort of brings that to the forefront, but then at the other end of it, when you're in real life and you're being flooded with thoughts, you can sort of not let them... Uh, control your nervous system. A lot of times we react to our own thoughts. And if you're thinking terrible, scary things, your heart rate might go up, you might your blood pressure increases your you know, that kind of thing. My point is, you notice the thoughts. So one might come up that is your brain going, you're not gonna make enough money this year. And then you're gonna have to move in with your parents. If you want you, they always say label that thought you can label it worry. So taking it back to what I was saying, when I see someone saying, don't take it personal, I label them dumb person. <laughs> I can't take it. Um, then somebody says, uh, I come for the theme song and I end up reading a homophobia fight. Um, then someone said, God, this makes me heart sick for the 70s in my youth. Don't know why as I'm from the UK and to the best of my memory, this show wasn't aired here. I guess it's because the song is so evocative of those days. Couldn't have been written at any time outside of the 15-year stretch between 1969 and 1984. What? It, it could have, actually. I know, I know, we had more racism and more sexism and homophobia and child abuse back then. I know we were in the midst of a Cold War and that our generation lived constantly with the threat of World War III kicking off, but... It still seemed a nicer place than the here and now looking back from this vantage point. 
I guess it's not really the era I miss, but my youth. I'm still glad I got to be a child in that era rather than today, irrespective of the true root of my nostalgia. <laughs> Again, this is a YouTube comment, not an essay contest. And then someone said, I feel the same way about this song and show. I am from the U.S. and we watched this show when I was a kid and loved it. So the song is just as you say. It evokes a feeling of what it was like back then. It is the style of the music, of course, that makes it bring back the feeling of the 70s and of youth. I was much more healthy then, too, so I long for the days of better health and a more youthful existence in a simpler world. <laughs> Again, this is still one YouTube comment. Phobias had nothing to do with the world then. Oh, boy, this goes somewhere weird. This goes somewhere weird. People knew their place in the world and didn't demand that their little group get special treatment like so many do now. They want equal, not special, you dumb fuck. That is the difference. I live in Arkansas. Oh, really? And, you, and the people in my state are seen as hick hillbillies that are ignorant and inbred. But I don't get all uptight about it. <laughs> I've just gone out and proven them wrong, and that is what people should do instead of whining and demanding that every little law be changed to make them not get their feelings hurt. I just want the law changed that says I'm two-thirds of a person. Do, do you remember that law, honey? I think that was okay to have a um, civil rights. Just gay people wanted the right to get married, and it was a, you know you had to get that law changed in order to do it. Like You can't just go, I'm married, and get all the same protections. No one said the world was going to be fair. Well, no one did say that, but the world is supposed to be full of love, and love is what makes people behave in ways that are fair. So, boy, this guy is out of his mind. I believe there is more racism now than there was in the 70s. What? what you sure. I don't even know how to argue that. There's always been racism. And it's, it, we probably, it's always terrible. I'm trying to be on the side of not racism. Everyone seems so divided now. And I went to school here in Arkansas that was about 50-50 black and white people, and we got along just fine. But see, well, he, does, he thinks racism is his anecdotal. Everyone got along, but you have no idea what being black felt like in Arkansas when it had only been... I, I, that's not what racism is. Okay. I just don't see that that kind of coexistence can happen now because of the divisiveness of our government and so many in society. I would much rather have it as it was in the 70s. Isn't this guy fascinating? You're like, is he a Trumper? Because he's calling the government divisive, although he's probably one of those people that could think it's everyone else being divisive. Not sure. I, I don't know. I'm fascinated with this guy. Again, this is a YouTube comment about a theme song to a television show. This guy writes, my old man beat the fuck out of me, but that's how it was. I wouldn't change a thing. Kids today are spoiled. You realize that's because you were abused and abusers, abuse, abused people sympathize with the abuser. This again, our YouTube comments from a <sighs> Yeah, I'm in Australia. <laughs> this fucking Australians, they just come in with Coda was in the mold of TV shows of the period, inner city, squalid reality. I include Bonnie Miller, Good Times, great theme songs. Someone else, boy, do I agree with you. So much simpler times and people just getting along, not thinking of only themselves. The government has turned everyone against each other. Somebody wrote, how has the government done this? What is different now about governments in that case? Assuming you're in the USA, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, or UK, one thing can be said, you, the voter, is electing them. This guy says, I'm in the United States and I agree. I never felt a real threat in the Cold War, but the idea of mutually assured mass destruction actually made people a little more carefree and kind back then, like they were living their last day. <laughs> I lived through that. Um, it did make me really bad with money is what it actually ended up making me. Somebody wrote, wow, how I miss the 70s. Oh, how I wish I was alive in the 70s. And somebody went, well, we're here now. Let's thank God that we are. Somebody said, this is back when TV was good. You never saw any of them packing a gun or drugs. And then people are just quoting the show. Up your nose with a rubber hose. Twice as far with a chocolate bar. 
Get off my case, toilet face. Those were the uh, catchphrases. Oh, I was a kid when this show aired. Indeed, it was one of the better shows that always made me smile and laugh. I remember I had a friend with cool parents who would let us all in to watch TV on a regular basis. I mean, nobody was left out. Those were the days of my youth leading up to enlisting. It was time to get off the block and enter adulthood. I miss my friends, the pretty girls that were so awesome in terms of being friends, too. Things are really not like that today. <laughs> the weirdest comment. Great song. So sad that two of the guys, Epstein and Horshack, have passed away. You will be missed, guys. Thanks for the memory. A.K.A. Mrs. Cotter also died. Someone else wrote, This is all sad but true, but nothing good lasts forever, guys. I can't stop. I, I could read all 1,700 comments. I What if I did some Andy Kaufman-esque episode where I only read the comments? I won't do that to you people. Uh... Somebody just listed, well, here's all the names of the other musicians that worked on the song. It's like, dude, just stop being the buzzkill. Oh, anyway, so there you go. I mean, you can really find, you can really find uh, people just pouring their hearts out in YouTube comments. Like so many people really having a tough time with the passage of time. <laughs> They're like, I guess I won't talk to my friends about it. I'm just going to take it to the YouTube comments. Let me find the best starter for this conversation i know i'll take it i'll go to the welcome back cotter theme song guys if you feel you need people to talk to and you say look i don't have health insurance i can't just drive to a therapist when i work a job i'm at my computer all day but yeah i need someone to talk to well you don't just have to go to the youtube comment section online because online now is where you can get professional therapy you can get someone to talk to with my favorite sponsor talk space i see you guys all in the secret facebook group for i seem fun i know a lot of you could really benefit from talk space therapy is the best time of my week now i personally don't use talk space but because i have really fantastic insurance that covers therapy 100 most people do not have that and i know a lot of listeners that have tried talk space i even know someone who is deployed right now overseas and they use Talkspace every week to talk to a therapist. Talkspace Online Therapy makes taking care of your mental health more affordable and convenient than ever before. You just provide your preferences for therapy, and Talkspace will match you with one of their 5,000-plus therapists the very same day. Once you're up and running with your therapist, you can send them unlimited text, audio, picture, or video messages from anywhere, anytime. No matter what you're going through, you're not alone. Join more than 1 million people who are feeling happier using Talkspace. It's convenient and easy to use. Finding the right therapist does not have to be stressful. And if you want to switch therapists, you can do so at any time at no extra cost. And again, you no longer have to wait for your next appointment to talk about what's on your mind. With Talkspace, you can send unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist from the privacy of your device anywhere, any time of day. If you're having a tough time, you can also always schedule a live video session with your therapist for extra support. And... You never have to wait one week to share. Did I mention that? I mentioned that. But I just want to emphasize, in no normal world could you ever text your therapist. That's why I think Talkspace is so incredible. It's mobile. It's available whenever you need it. Talkspace is therapy for how you live today, and it's affordable. Between work, family, everything in between, just you're just sitting there feeling sad about the passage of time. It's not always easy to make time for yourself, find time for yourself, and feel like, you know, you're worth taking care of, but you are. Talkspace.com, and then use code JEN. You're going to... You're going to get you're going to get $65 off of your first month. That is huge. And and they say that one month of Talkspace is equal to like one week of traditional therapy outside of Talkspace. So again, talkspace.com, use code Jen, you will get $65 off of your first month. Amazing. Amazing. Hope you guys take advantage of it. Ah. So Here's I ha here's my latest online scandal. Um, sorry, I just started I just started reading an email. Sorry, guys, it's one of those days. I'm just multitasking. 
Um, here's my dealio. So this is what happened to me. So I, I archived, there was this thing you used to be able to do on Twitter called, um, I don't remember the name, but you used to be able to get a book of your tweets, like a paperback book. And I think it was $5.99 or something. So I did that years ago. So I have all my tweets, including replies, you know, um, from 2010 to 2014. Man, was it more fun then. And I think the world was just more fun. It was before Russian interference. It was, it was before everything went to hell. And I keep trying to bring back the spirit of old Twitter and just make jokes or complain about my day. And you cannot do that anymore because I'm on some kind of list where people come after me. And if I say anything about anyone in the service industry, which I was in for 20 fucking years, I get harassed. And there's never any nuance or like, look, do I mistreat people in the service industry? Fuck no. Do I think they're stupid? Do I think their job's easy? No, 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 no. But sometimes they're a dumb people. They're a dumb people. They're a dumb people. There are dumb people. Sometimes you need to deal with dumb people, whether they're in the service industry, they work on Wall Street, they're rich, they're poor. And I am sorry, but I am not going to not say anything when I encounter a dumb person. Now, I didn't encounter a dumb person. I actually encountered a teenager who I had to give my old lady advice to because he didn't know this guy, whether it was because he was a teenager, I'm not saying that's his generation, but he was the type of person that was terrified of doing something wrong and getting in trouble. And I was trying to let him know that the terror that he felt worried about getting in trouble with his boss and me was causing him to make mistakes that put me off as a customer. I didn't act put off. I was very kind. I'm never not nice to people. I have a whole spiritual life inside me where I'm like, I have to bring the light of my beliefs to every situation. Now, am I always perfect? No. But consciously, so I walk into uh, this place. I have an appointment, you know, down the street, a beauty appointment of sorts. And I walk into this place and it was one of those days I had been working all morning, rushing around, didn't eat breakfast and had a power bar that I thought I put in my bag, but I didn't. And I go to the place that I'm doing my appointment and right next door is this place I've been going since way before that kid started working there. I used to live around the corner from it. I've been going there for over 12 years. And I walk in and you know, sometimes people are in a hurry. I got a lot of shit. I, I, this is what I tweeted. Pro tip from an old lady. When, you're, when someone comes in and says they're in a hurry and they just want a quick toasted bagel, do not try to fix the iPad password before putting in the bagel. Like you can toast it while you're fixing the iPad, then everyone's happy, but now I'm late. It wasn't like and I got killed for this. You rich 1% asshole. Some people have to work in the service industry. Yeah, it's not a 44-year-old taking care of a family. It's a teenager. That's who has to work in the service industry. Way, way. Teenagers have to have shitty jobs. So did I, you cunts. I fucking worked at a grocery store when I was 14. And a diner. And a coffee shop. And a restaurant. And I did all these jobs up until I was about 32 years old. So please fucking spare me, okay? And um, it's just the the incredulousness. And, and anyway, so... What happened was I walk in, I'm legit the only customer. And you know when you're the only customer somewhere, it takes 70 times as long. So I walk in, and I wasn't like, I'm in a hurry. Listen to me. Oh, you over there. I'm in a hurry. I will not have this take less than 30 seconds. I'm demanding an impossible thing be done in an impossible amount of time because I am rich and out of touch. That's right. If you look inside my wallet, you'll see I have five ones. Just enough to give the valet a tip should I go somewhere where there's a valet. Now, anyway... What was I saying? So I walked in and I just went, he said, oh, can I help you? Can I get like just a lot of talking and we do hear the specials? And I go, oh, sorry, sorry. I go, no, I'm, I'm in like a hurry. I'm just looking for like counter food, like to grab, if they'd had a cookie, I would have grabbed it. And I said, uh, oh, you know what's quick? I go, um, can I get that bagel? I go, there's time to toast it, right? I go, I'm, I'm just running out the door. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Which one? And I said, oh, the sesame one. Okay. Now, I don't care what anyone says. There's a mindfulness that a lot of people just don't have. They never had it. And we certainly, like I was, my generation was like forced to be mindful because we wasn't, we weren't always on our phones. Now I'm a lot less mindful and way more forgetful and spastic because of my phone. So I've lived both lives and I'm here to tell you like, 
I'm sure, you know, go back to colonial times. It's like you get up, you feed the chickens, you wash everything by hand, you make dinner, that's your day. You know, it's like there's not a lot of ADD distraction. I'm going to upload my email list while I'm waiting in line at CVS while I'm doing this. And then I check my email and then I get a text. There's just a lot of you do one thing at a time and you focus on it and your mind is on that thing. So the kid starts to ring me up. And this is what everyone on Twitter was yelling about. They were like, yeah, you have to ring up someone before you give it to them. And I was like, true. I don't think I get to grab a bottle of wine and then put it in my purse and go, let me take this wine and put it in my, let me put it in my car and I'll come back and pay you. Like, of course you ring something up first, but in a transaction where they're toasting something, they can start it and then ring it up at the same time, or they can ring it up first. But he wasn't just ringing it up. It, It was one of those damn places that now is cashless, which is really a pain in the ass. And that's actually not good for the working poor. A lot of people don't have bank accounts, but they have cash. And I think it's really, really sad that cash is on its way out. So he's doing the little iPad thing. And the password's not working. And his manager's not there. And he's stressing. And I so relate to the stress. And I said to him, he goes, I'm going to work on that bagel for you. Like, he thought he was doing the right thing by telling me what he was doing and that soon he would get to the bagel because he knew I was in a rush. But what what was happening is, like, the words of I'm going to get to that soon don't really help someone who has to walk out the door in five minutes. And it's not unreasonable to want something toasted in less than five minutes if you're the only customer in there. So I said, oh, what's going on with your iPad thing? And he said, I don't know the password And now it's logging me out and saying it can't log me in for another minute or something. And I went, oh. And so he just sat there and stared at me because he couldn't log in. And he goes, I'll get the I'll get working on the bagel next, though. And I went, I don't mean to be bossy, but can you since it's going to be toasted, can you take the bagel out and toast it? So that's toasting while you're figuring out the password. And he goes, um, yeah, I guess I could do that. Like it was like, whoa. And he's like, I never thought of that. I go, that's okay. I used to work in a coffee shop. So he takes the thing. He goes, which bagel was it? Oh, we don't have the kind you want. You wanted everything? I go, oh, no, I wanted sesame. So he's, he forgot. That's fine. But, I, I mean, I'd said it one second earlier. So he gets it out. Then he holds it, not in his hand, but, like, he holds it in the tongs and starts trying to do the password again. <laughs> like, completely did not listen to what I was saying. So then he gets the password to work. And he doesn't, he still has not put the bagel on the toaster. So I pay. Then he goes and puts the bagel on the toaster. And then I'm waiting. And uh, I said, can I, I just want to do butter. I don't, I don't like cream cheese. He's okay, great. I said, you guys butter it. He goes, he just wasn't listening. So then I see him do this whole thing. And I said, and I'm just going to take it to go real quick. I see him like get this box, like the flat box. And he starts making it into a box. And he's really having trouble with it. And he's like, ah. And he's like, ma'am, I can't get the box to close. I can get some tape. And I go, oh, I don't need a box. I'm, I'm legit running out the door. So, like, hand it to me, whatever your sanitary method is. I'll grab it with a napkin and run. And he goes, oh, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to. And I go, okay, well, the box open is fine. So he hands it to me. And inside the box is two things of cream cheese and a knife. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted butter. And he goes, oh, um, and he takes the whole box back, <laughs> takes everything out. And I said, I've eaten here before. I go, I used to live down the street, so I'd come here every morning. I go, can you butter the bagel for me? And he goes, um, and they, you know those when you get hot bread and they give you cold packets of butter and it's impossible to, because they're so frozen, you can't even spread them. So he started to grab those and I said, I'm so sorry to be picky, but since you're using the butter that's back backstage almost said that's on the counter can you just use your butter so that it can spread nicer and he was like oh okay goes yeah normally we just use this for preparing and cooking and I said no I totally get I just I've been coming here for like 12 years and I just they always like butter it he goes yeah I just don't want to get in trouble I go oh I get it if you guys change the policy or something but this is like the most asinine conversation he just doesn't know and and I just said if your manager gets you in trouble for that you can tell him to I will speak to him. Is he here? And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll do it. It's just one of those things where like, look, sometimes you just need a little, 
you know, you lean a little pizzazz. You need a little common sense. You need a little bravado. You need to go, listen, dude, I'm the young hotshot teenager who just started working here. And I think it's dumb that we hand our customers hot bagels and then give them these flimsy plastic knives with frozen butter. I'm going to fucking butter the bagel like they do everywhere in New York City and have since the beginning of time. And that's probably why people like bagels in New York better. So he does it. And then he goes, I'm going to try another box this time because that one wasn't working. I go, I'm late for my appointment. 11 minutes had gone by. 11. And I said, I'm so late for my appointment. Um, They have a five-minute grace period. So legit, I'm just like, just hand me the bagel. However, you know, like with your gloves or your thing. He's panicking about this box. So he makes another box. He, He also can't close the cover on this one. I go, I'm... Okay. And he hands it to me. He goes, I put the cream cheese in there in case you change your mind. I was like, that's fine. I go, I don't like, I know this probably doesn't make sense to anyone. I, there's some dairy I cannot eat. I may, I mainly try not to eat dairy, but butter is an exception. I usually don't have trouble with it, but like cream cheese, ice cream, like I don't do it. So I said, I'm going to give these back to you because I, I don't want to just be wasteful and throw them out. But it's one of those like customer service things where it's like, because he made me 11 minutes late because he wouldn't put the bagel in he wouldn't multitask and he was like really confused about butter. It was like, I better do something extra nice for her. I'm going to give her this thing she doesn't want, but like, Hey, it's still, and it's like, that is my biggest customer service craziness. It's like, just do the one thing. And I'm so happy. But I go, I, and I handed it back to him and I said, I'm going to put the box back here. I don't know if it's like a sanitary thing that you had to hand it to me in a box. I don't need it. And I just grabbed it with a napkin and walked out eating it. And I was like, I can't. And so then that's when I tweeted my thing and I got, killed you elitist you've never worked customer oh good you're my worst customer manage your time better so basically someone told me if I'm ever running late I have no right to walk into an establishment and try to get the thing that only takes five minutes to make that I it's my fault and I shouldn't eat I just shouldn't eat even though it's completely normal to be in a rush and walk into a deli and just go what's quick like my god I I wish I could assign everyone to live in New York City, not current New York, but like 10 years ago, New York at least, for one year and just see how normal people function. Not everything is so, I know I sound like these YouTube comments, but, but I know these are like professional trolls and they just, I think kids really think they're having a revolution with talking to people that way. It's unreal. And that's why I can't watch the debates. I'm like, I can't pretend that democracy is going on, you know, uh, business as usual when Trump is president and he's retweeting things that say he's going to be in office for the rest of his life because he he thinks the new suspicion is that he will drop out of the 2020 race and then just sort of like gift the presidency to Ivanka or Don Jr. And I know I sound like a crazy Badoon loon. I also told you I thought Bernie's camp was infiltrated with Russian propaganda. So we'll see who's a loon and who's not. I look, I hope I'm wrong. Um, But I think he's going to try some fuckery because if he doesn't, he's going to jail and he needs someone to pardon him. So that's his his life depends on not leaving office or having someone in his family take over should his health get bad. And I believe his dementia is getting bad. So, look, people believe me. They don't. I don't give a shit. So that's my bagel story. I accidentally deleted the tweet and I didn't even mean to. I'd written another, like I'd written a thread and then I was like, this doesn't need to be a thread. And I deleted it and then I deleted the tweet and everyone was victorious. They're like, yeah, we got you to take down your 1% bullshit. Oh, forget it. Why do I try? I'm just, I think I am just going to sit in YouTube comments and stay there forever and talk about the 70s with people. So this happened today. Um, The Dalai Lama. Now I'm not blind to the fact that that world religions, even ones with really nice people like the Dalai Lama, can be totally sexist. I just, it was the blatant, the blatantness of it that was like, oh, dear Lord. He said a woman could not take over for him unless she was good looking because no one will want to look at her face. (laughs) This is what the Dalai Lama said. Dalai Lama says a female successor must be attractive or people won't want to look at her face. Now, on a basic level, is the Dalai Lama wrong? No. I'm sure there is that kind of sexism where people don't want to look at someone's face. But 
you know, he's got a cute little face, but what is he, Brad Pitt? I mean, no one's like, oh my God, did you see that firefighter calendar? It's all the hot guys. Oh, was the Dalai Lama in it? No, he wasn't. He's like the hottest guy. I mean, so the Dalai Lama has suggested that any woman that succeeds him as a Buddhist leader, I they said female, but I like the word woman better, that succeeds him as a Buddhist leader must be attractive despite receiving backlash for similar comments he made in 2015. In the wide-ranging interview with the BBC, the guru made a series of additional controversial remarks touching on migration in Europe, the Chinese government, and the first two years of Donald Trump's term. One of the more troubling comments came while discussing an interview in 2015 in which he stated that if a female was to become the next Dalai Lama, she would have to be, quote, very attractive, otherwise not much use. Not much use. The BBC's South Asia correspondent, I can't pronounce the name, please apologize, please apologize, please apologize, I will, I apologize, asked the Dalai Lama if he understood why the response had offended women. But rather than apologize, the Buddhist leader replied, if a female Dalai Lama comes then, she should be more attractive. (laughs) He's like, am I sorry? Let me repeat myself. He added, if a female Dalai Lama then paused and pulled an unattractive face before continuing, I think people would prefer not to see her that face. Challenged that a person's character is more important than their physical appearance, he he replied, yes, I think both. The Dalai Lama also told the BBC that gender equality was important and that he supported women's rights and equal pay in the workplace. And this is where men oftentimes get confused. You can be a multifaceted man who still has bizarre takes on women's looks and what they should look like. And sometimes even if you go, no, 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 I don't care if we have a hose beast of a woman, Dalai Lama, who's hideous and sends people screaming, uh, you might say, but... The people won't listen, and we really need to keep this message going. It does That is still horrible. You should say, you know what sucks is I know my people, and man, there's some sexism out there, and I'm afraid that, that, that they're going to have to have some hot Dalai Lama or else no one's going to listen to her, which I think is stupid. You know, there's that, but come on. Okay, so... Um, Blah, blah, blah. And then he went on and on about that. So there you go. Fighting for our rights, but just not fighting for the uggos among us to be the face. To be his successor. So I posted something about it and immediately a bunch of men flocked to correct me. You don't know anything about the history of Buddhism. I would say that I do. And I would say that there's no context that I didn't understand. Um... So anyway, there you go. I mean, people, when the Dalai Lama is just like, let me add to this shit pile of sexism, you're just like, you know what? How do we not all, how are all the women not just in this? (laughs) I don't understand. I don't understand how we just don't lose our shit, stockpile all the nuclear weapons and just go off. I mean, maybe we will. I don't I haven't lived the last day of planet Earth. Maybe that's how it ends. Maybe we just get the codes and we nuke everyone. <laughs> oh, that's so horrible. I'm a terrible person. I'm an awful person saying awful things. Um, there was one other thing I was going to talk about today. I told you, this is the vacation episode, you guys. You're like, what is she talking about? I don't fucking know. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess in here. Um, I made a note to myself. Uh... No, I guess so. Next week will be the live, not live episode. A dear friend, uh, Paul F. Tompkins, is going to come on my podcast because I used to do a regular segment on his podcast years ago, well over 10 years ago, where I would tell a story about my life. And it sort of gave me the idea for this podcast. And so um, a lot of listeners have been like, will you two ever do a podcast together again? So I saw him the other night. We had dinner and I was like, will you come on my podcast when you have time? Which is never because we're both very busy. And uh, we've made a time. So We will record that sometime next week, and that will come out. I'm not sure when it will come out. Maybe it will come out um, another time. So we'll end end with reading some iTunes reviews. I was going to do a story about a woman on a plane, but I think we'll just read iTunes reviews instead. And uh, hopefully there's there's some good ones. Um, Having fun list. And if you send a review of this show to 
iTunes and you give it five stars, then I might read your review on a future episode. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? You're going to be famous. What if someone did get famous? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. The podcast is great. But that comment that, that she read, I'm going to get that person's number and we're going to make her famous. So here we go. And then if uh, I'll give you my business. I'll give you the business right now. If you have anything you want talked about on the show, send an email to havingfunless at gmail.com. I usually don't respond to people saying, don't read this on the show, but I need your advice. I usually don't respond to people asking me out. I usually don't respond to people telling me off. So just keep it until like, hey, you know what you could talk about on the podcast? I've got this crazy story or I have this question or check out this. If you want to go to the Facebook page, it's facebook.com slash havingfunlesspod. And then the pinned post will take you to the closed Facebook group where you can talk about your lives or anything you've heard on this show. And same with Twitter, which is Twitter handle at havingfunlesspod. And again, the pinned tweet will tell you how to get into the old secret group. So let's read some of these current reviews. I recently had the opportunity to attend Jen Kirkman's podcast, Having Funlessness at the Hollywood Improv. Having initially discovered Jen via her Netflix specials, her podcast was a great experience. Beyond being an entertaining comic and a talented writer, Jen is extremely sharp, down-to-earth, and easily connects with the audience. As the crowd shouted out different subjects, Jen tackled each in a very honest way with tact. Seeing her in person also confirmed how truly talented she is. Oh, that's nice. Um, Oh, there's the one star. I don't think I can handle reading any more one stars, but I'd already read that one. Um, I've been listening since I was in the eighth grade. Oh, what? Way to make me feel old. And now I'm in my second year of college. Jen always makes me laugh and teaches me important things about being a woman in entertainment and in the world. All right. Well, anyone who is young, like young, young like that, will you please email me and let me know that you listen to the show having fun list at Gmail? That is a trip. A trip. Wow. I Do I feel old. Wow. Since eighth grade, 13. I was 13 31 years ago. (laughs) I need to go on some, I need to go now. I need to go on YouTube and I need to talk to people about the past. Until next week, have fun.